0: Hey, everybody, this is Tyler Smith. I just wanted to preface this week's episode uh, by saying that uh, within the episode, there's a moment when we talk about a new sponsor that we have. uh, That is tweakedaudio.com. They are a company that uh, produces uh, professional quality earbuds. And uh, you may have heard about them elsewhere. They do sponsor other podcasts uh, here and there. And uh, on the show, we say that uh, we have a page within their site uh, we said it was tweaked slash pretension. That page does not exist yet. Um, but, uh, it might sometime in the future. So the thing to do now, uh, is you go in, make your selection, uh, and then you go to, to check out and it'll ask for a promo code. And what you would do is you would enter in the word pretension and that will save you 33% on your purchase. And so, and then uh, by entering that code, that also helps the show as well. So, uh, just go to tweakedaudio.com and uh, shop around there. They are uh, quality uh, earbuds. Uh, and then, if there's also a, a banner on the side of the battleshippretension.com page, so you can get there as well. But uh, don't forget to type in pre- uh, the word pretension in the promo code uh, section. And uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks. And welcome aboard the battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I am David Bat. And thank you for listening, David. Yes. How you doing? I'm doing. I'm doing well. All right. Um, muy bien. Uh, no, no. Let's let's not do that. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. No. <laughs> we will save that for our all Spanish episode. <laughs> oh right. Okay. <laughs> Should, can I even talk about? Sure. Uh,
1: Coincidence, j- Just like. see, you and I are on the same wavelength. Damn right just like we coincidentally went on month long diets for the month of January, we did not pre plan that at all. Uh, we have also both undertaken a sort of new year's resolution ish thing. Um, I guess ju- I just say it based on the timing of trying to learn Spanish it, uh, again, completely coincidental.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I had, I wanted to, I realized that I wanted to learn it back like in June when I made like a bunch of goals for myself. Uh, And by the way, I'm doing actually surprisingly well on a lot of those goals. That's good. Which is unlike me. But, uh, and I wanted to learn Spanish, but I was like, I I don't, I need like some kind of structure. And I looked into like Spanish podcasts, which I know is is what you do, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then I thought like, well, I've heard good things about this Rosetta Stone thing. I was like, well, it's pricey. I will hold off and ask for it for Christmas from like Jen's family or something. And, uh, and sure. And so I, so I started learning, you know, Spanish in January simply because it's after Christmas. And so I got Rosetta Stone and it's awesome. And, uh, and I took three years of Spanish by the way, in seventh, (laughs) seventh, eighth and ninth grade. It's funny. And then it just went away. Although when, when Jen and I went to uh, Bogota, Colombia, a surprising amount of the Spanish that I had learned and thought I had forgotten came back. back. It was very strange. But uh, it's been a fun process for me. Are you? And you seem to be catching on faster than I than I do.
1: I'm having so much fun because I get to listen in my car mm. and like just out loud in my car to myself, like sp- you know, speak Spanish. You know. Well, it's I'll tell a, you this. So I aprendo
0: español. The, <laughs> the Rosetta Stone thing is it's great for me, uh, and mm-hmm. and it comes with this uh, little headset with a microphone so like i i speak it as well but like i speak phrases that don't don't make sense i mean they make sense but then you wouldn't have a chance to say right. the the bicycle
1: is green yeah
0: how often in life do you just tell someone hey that bicycle is green <laughs> like no one's gonna say that they'll be like oh I guess I should call the cops on this guy, right? Because he's clearly an escaped <laughs> mental patient who's just, who takes a surprising amount of pride in identifying objects and colors.
1: <laughs> but I, on the other hand, might actually have used to tell someone mi Cambriano es diez de is de septiembre. So, uh, let's move on to the actual episode real quick. We, we, can't, we don't have time to talk about uh, our personal exploits. Right. We've got lots of business exploits. To we sure to. do. Um, or a couple, not as many as we'd like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've been doing this almost five years. Eventually, we would like to, uh, you know, see a profit from it. Yeah,
0: but. not be just sinking further and further into the hole of debt. <laughs> yeah. Donation drive coming up in May.
1: Yeah, yeah. I d- don't take what I'm about to say as some indication that we don't need donations anymore. We will need them for the foreseeable future. Absolutely. Um, but uh, we have had some help recently uh some very very welcome uh a very welcome offer came in from a very nice guy mm-hmm. um whom uh of whom i was aware because of my status as a long-time listener to the 40-year-old boy podcast mm-hmm. my uh, friend of the show mike schmidt's podcast uh bruce from tweaked com uh contacted us um and uh, you know, offered us, I guess, the same or a similar deal to what he's got going on with uh, sponsoring Mike's show, the 40-year-old mm-hmm. boy. So, uh, I want to tell you guys that you can go to tweakedaudio.com slash pretension. Do we have the page now? I know yes. he was
0: working on it. We yeah. do officially thought, have a page I, I now. I
1: think you were on that email. I thought he said he was working on it. No. Well, oh. well, okay. Well, it, it's audio.com slash pretension. Nice. Um, and right there that gets you a uh using the pretension gets you a 25 percent sorry 25 percent discount
0: i thought it was 33 percent okay it's one it's a one-third discount
1: okay it's a one-third discount thank you um i just feel like people would want to know that's eight percent more yeah no it is worth knowing i i'm sorry i didn't have my information correct uh and and if if you don't know what tweaked what they do obviously go to the website but they they sell high high quality uh earbuds
0: professional level uh professional quality earbuds yes yeah
1: earbuds um that you know they come in all sorts of there's a bunch of different styles there's seven Mm -hmm. different colors
0: uh, there's one that incorporates wood yeah it looks like yeah. is
1: it actual wood
0: we haven't gotten there I think there is examples which I don't know if you knew I'm really excited about it uh, yeah. I lose earbuds a lot and it's very strange but uh no as far as I can tell there is I mean they're not the part that goes in your ear isn't wood but there is wood I think incorporated into the you know the uh stem that's probably not the right word but uh <laughs> but yeah and then they've got like a you know, camouflage earbuds yeah. just in case, you know, yeah, for so, our but there are, men and women overseas.
1: Um, in, in addition to, yeah, if you're, you know what, if you're hiding out from the enemy, <laughs> you probably don't want to be listening to your, you know, the latest episode of Battleship
0: Pretension. That's true. But you know what? I have to assume you're hiding from the enemy, but you got to get yourself pumped up. So it's like, you know, letting, listening to, you know, let the bodies hit the floor or <laughs> any ACDC um, will yeah. probably get you going.
1: Uh, I, I think ACDC sounds better with tweaked audio than what's the band that di- disturbed? Oh, I, di- I think is it di- oh probably. I think it's Disturbed who did yeah. the "Bodies Hit the Floor" song. Um, uh, anyway, you mean, uh, yes. So we're talking about the, the styles, um, and they're, they are delightful, and, and it's fun to have something that you know goes with your personal style. But these are also uh, high quality. Yeah, but you get a yes. good sound out of them. Yes, as opposed to the. T- seven dollar ones i've been buying ten dollar
0: ones from walgreens yes
1: yeah i go i go to target see i don't lose earbuds what i do is i i i wear them to the ground where they always break on me because i i just because i take public transit i'm always out there in the world man with my earbuds in
0: you're out there with the world but in the world but you're not really engaged with it because you're always listening to something that's the plan that's, that's why right. I can't
1: go with the camouflage ones, because it's important to me that people around me know yeah. that I don't want to hear what they have to say to yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> I want to go with the brightest-colored tweakedaudio.com <laughs> earbuds that I can find. Uh, but, there, you know, this isn't a one-time thing, so you'll be hearing about them in um, weeks to come here on Battleship Pretension. There's more than just earbuds on the website, and we'll get into that in the weeks to come. But just wanted to tell you guys about it. It's tweakedaudio.com slash uh Go and check it out and support them uh, and help them support us. Uh,
0: And uh, also, I wanted to just put this out there uh, in case anybody... uh, I'm sure you've probably noticed by now that we do have some ads on the website now. Mm -hmm. Um, They're just Google ads, so they'll be different every time. Uh, No big
1: commitment. Right.
0: And so um, I've had people say like, you know, I just went ahead and, and clicked on them. And I appreciate that. That's great. Yeah. What I will say, though, is uh, click on what interests you. Because it, it does help us to get a, a more accurate uh, picture of what it will look like in, like, three months. Yeah. And that sort yeah. of thing. So, So, by all means... You know, if if you if something mildly interests you, then by all means click on yeah, it. Yeah, if you're on the fence, like should I click on this? Or not then, click on it. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, and I and I do appreciate when you know I do appreciate that people have uh, have emailed and, and said, "Hey, I went ahead and did that." I absolutely appreciate that your heart's in the right place. But uh, but I'm trying to think in the longer term about mm-hmm. what is uh, more e- you know easier to calculate and, and that sort of thing. So
1: now I I also wanted to say I know you wanted to say this too um now of course AdSense people know there's no you know you just put on the site it's not uh, you know we don't have a direct relationship to these sponsors right um so obviously there's no effect on the content there um uh, bruce at com also has you know no interest in dictating content to us and i think if you listen to- oh really
0: because i was <laughs> I was going to work tweaked the word tweaked into <laughs> most of the the episode today. It's like yeah. I don't know that Hugo movie's all tweaked to uh, me.
1: But but you know if you listen to Mike's, you know, 40-year-old boy episodes he
0: <laughs> well he it can ring clear. about 45 minutes of out of uh, making fun yeah. of tweaked audio. So
1: but um we are pursuing more more sponsorship or advertising mm-hmm. possibilities uh maybe in the months to come and I want to say – we both wanted to say from the outset that the content you hear on the podcast and that you read on the website will not at any point ever be affected by our relationship to advertisers.
0: And the proof of that is uh, that when I I first put the ads up, the very first ad that popped up was – uh, an animated ad for the film Big Miracle, and it was located right next to David's negative review of Big Miracle, <laughs> which I thought was awesome. So, um, but yeah, I just, oh, no, my
1: my review wasn't wholly negative. There are things I liked about Big
0: Miracle. There are things you liked, yes, but I think I think the things you liked were almost accidental. I don't think they necessarily meant for uh, for. This uh, Like, the way you describe it, it sounds like all these people are pursuing their own interests, and in doing so, they achieve a larger goal. Well, that's like Milton Friedman economics, and I don't think (laughs) the film meant to invoke the invisible hand of Adam Smith.
1: I think someone who did a pass on that (laughs) at some point was maybe a a Smithian. (laughs) Um, I I do think it's in there intentionally, but we're not here to discuss Big uh, Miracle. miracle. What we are here to discuss... um, is well we're gonna talk about uh Oscar nominees since um two weeks from now will be our Oscar episode. Yeah. Um but before we get to that, another thing, speaking of content on the website, we, we did this a while ago and didn't get uh a lot of response, but um I would still would like to do it again. Um the website basically needs needs contributors. Mm-hmm. Um we're going to be having, uh, I mean, okay, if you live in the Los Angeles area and can attend, uh, press screenings, that's definitely a plus, but that's not, um, it's not prohibitive if you mm. don't. Um, because we have, uh, at this point, relations with, um, you know, some home video distributors and, and stuff, and, um, we've been establishing relationships with some more, and it's, it's going to get to the point where our, um, uh, you know, with any luck, it's going to get to the point where our DVD and blue our incoming tide of DVD and Blu-ray review copies uh, will be more than we can handle in a timely fashion. Mm-hmm. And so, um, basically, if you are interested in being a film critic, if you've got some writing uh, of your own that you've done um, mm. that we can we can read, uh, send uh, your best samples to to me. Um, at David at uh, And we'll give it a go. And if you live in the U.S., then I can conceivably mail you, you know, uh, um, DVDs and Blu-rays to review. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, that's the idea. And I uh, hope to get more response out of it than we did last time. Uh, so those are our two announcements. com slash pretension. And... David at com for writing samples if you want to be considered as a contributor for the website. And I'll put this up on the website as well.
0: Now, David, I have a question for you that has nothing to do with anything except uh, we were talking about it a moment ago, and it has uh, started, it's plaguing me now, which is the lyric is, let the bodies hit the floor, leading me to wonder, and I'm sorry, this sounds very hacky, what other options are there? Like, what, like... Like they they really want you to let the bu- what? I'm confused as to what I guess else would I'd I do. Have to read
1: the rest of the lyrics, and I mean this song came out while we were in high school. It's not like yeah. It's a, I'm sure this is well trod territory, but yeah, it's not saying kill a bunch of people. I think right. it's it's presupposing people are going to get killed.
0: Yeah, look, it goes it's without just, saying.
1: What it's saying is don't go to any trouble trying to keep the bodies
0: from hitting the floor. Right. Is that something that people like? Do are people rushing forward with a chair, like so the bot, like <laughs> someone gets shot in the head, and just as they're about to fall, it's like, well, oh, hang on, here we go, there you go, yeah, it just sounds very. I mean, I guess I guess there's a coldness to it. It's like ah, I just let him hit the floor, but, but
1: I guess you could can you could read the word let like, uh, biblically, like let there be light. Like, the, someone oh, okay. saying, left the bodies at the floor, and killing a bunch of people just by speaking. Okay, fair so enough. So someone with sort of godlike powers. You know what? I don't like in that, that dumb a- comic Preacher that people like.
0: I thought you liked Preacher.
1: <laughs> I did when I, when I was, uh, you know, 20 years old.
0: Yeah, I know, because you had some, and you lent them to me, and I read one, and I was like, yeah, all right. And then I uh, moved on.
1: Yeah, and even, I think, 20, I should have known better. That, <laughs> the sensibility of Preacher is for teens
0: what male, i'd like to do male
1: teens who are angry at the world
0: you know here's the thing now you've now you have uh, characterized like there might be people who who enjoy it on a level that you and i don't in the same way that people enjoy you know those bullshit grindhouse movies from the 1970s that i you know <laughs> like <laughs> see but here's the thing as we've talked about before um my
1: saying that uh, preacher is juvenile is uh I think, again, I'll go back to this word presupposing. Presupposing that you understand this is my opinion. I know. And I'm not... If you love Preacher, I would love to get an email from you telling me respectfully why you love Preacher. I, okay. You know what? I, maybe I shouldn't say respectfully. I wasn't entirely respectful no. of Preacher. So, yeah. I guess, yeah, if you Look. want to uh, be a bit of a jerk uh, but still make good points, then I will read your point of view on on preacher cuz i've been a bit of a jerk. Okay, i see what you mean.
0: So, th- them emailing you does not mean that they're in No, i'm saying if you if
1: you are angry enough at my characterization of preacher as four children, then uh uh feel free to uh, take a couple of jabs at me in your email as long as they are as long as you can back
0: them up. And here's my question. If you're somebody who reads the preacher comic, i think it's just preacher. No, I'm saying the, not, oh, okay. I'm not, the quote comes after the.
1: Okay. I see. I see. Um, although I don't think, it, I think it would be italicized.
0: Not quoted. Okay. All right. The, yeah. The italics kick in. The name of like the individual issue
1: or, oh, okay. or the, or the trade paperback till the end of the world. Quotes um, are around TV, right? A TV, no, a TV series would be italicized. Okay. A TV episode Individual. Oh man.
0: Would be quoted. What about books?
1: Again, a book a novel,
0: So italicized. everything's italicized. A short story would have, would have quotes. What about underline? Whatever happened to underlining?
1: I think underline is the same as italicized.
0: Okay. Um, so uh, if you're somebody who reads the Preacher comics, and you, while listening, I have to assume, to let the bodies hit the floor by deformed or, I'm sorry, disturbed, <laughs> uh, and you're a big fan of, I'm going to say, Rick Santorum, and you also enjoy watching uh ufc and uh mixed martial arts i think you can i think at that point i don't know i think you've got a pretty good beef with us
1: <laughs> I, I think i think wait okay i don't think i have i said bad things about ufc
0: no that was me okay where i said modern day coliseum
1: okay yeah, yeah that was right.
0: me rick santorum was you um yeah, and and, I and partially me
1: well, you know what? I want to be wh- clear. aspect of him? We're yes. going to get into the Oscar nomination in just a second here. This is what happens when guests
0: cancel, by the way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We, Oh, yeah. We said Graham and Chris were going to be here. They couldn't. They didn't blow us off. They legitimately couldn't. Right. I, I probably didn't need to qualify that, but I'm feeling insecure about it. Fair enough. Um, the Rick Santorum thing, I, uh, I guess people who are conservative would probably characterize me as a liberal. I don't necessarily want to be considered that. I think I'm something of a moderate. Um, but, uh, if you think of me as a liberal, that's fine if you are conservative, but I want to be clear about the Rick Santorum thing. I don't, <clears throat> I don't come on the show and talk about the things, the policy things that I disagree with, with a Mitt Romney or a Newt Gingrich, mm-hmm. you know, or, or a Ron Paul. And there are, there are plenty of them that I disagree with. Mm-hmm. Um, and R- Rick Santorum has policies that I disagree with. Um, uh, in my opinion... Um, the gay rights thing is a human rights thing, and I don't think there is any room for discussion of agreement or disagreement about whether or not gay people should have equal rights as other people. To me, there there's only one camp on that: there's the people who are right and the people who are uh, behind the times. Mm-hmm. So I am not uh, ever going to uh, to uh, to to cower or to uh, sugarcoat my opinion on someone who is so vocally uh, homophobic there's that there's no room for decorum when I'm discussing someone who is compared uh, gay sex
0: to bestiality and I think therein I think therein lay my problem with Santorum. I, first off I as somebody who I'm shocked that he has made it this far and has been as successful as he is but I guess with a, a field as weak as this it's it's his turn um, and and uh, and yeah it's like he says some stuff that I'm like, oh all right okay um, I usually never like the way in which he says anything, but yeah it, it's it, it is frustrating to me because I cause even though i'm i'm I've become more conservative since the last uh you know presidential election um I'm still from a legal standpoint okay with with gay marriage and it just it's frustrating that that it has become. The the big issue. It's mm-hmm. not the big issue. No. There's there's other big issues, but that it's 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 being cha- uh, you know championed. And Rick Santorum. Don't get me wrong. I think he's sincere in his belief, but I think he saw the advantage of being of leading with that, and mm-hmm. just the general social mm-hmm. conservatism thing in general, which I I somewhat am, and in in some cases, and I'm not in others. But like he's leading with that at a time when I'll I'll say the quote. It's the economy stupid. Yeah. Uh, but but, also, he, but I mean, it's getting I, him it's you know it's getting him votes I, in certain places. I, I don't want to so. put words
1: in in your mouth but it seems to me that your your social conservative conservatism comes from your personal morals but you in my experience you you don't tend to believe that that sort of thing is uh should be legislated. It seems like I mean you're more uh you know you're pro church and you think of it as coming from
0: church or community or family Yes. Uh,
1: is am I, am, I, am I right in your
0: opinions yeah and actually uh, I'm sorry everybody how did we wind up here except uh, yeah and, and as time has gone I actually have a, a friend who um, at the time that it was it was happening he said something that I think Ron Paul has, has said which is the term marriage which is really the big thing that's being fought over because there you'll find I think you'll find many more conservatives who are perfectly fine with the idea of civil unions and all of and like visitation rights and all that sort of thing uh there are some who still aren't okay with it it's like okay so what are you okay with literally (laughs) um and so um so he said like the word marriage is really what's being fought over so perhaps nobody's married as far as the government's concerned considering that it that the word itself is something of a Kind of a almost a religious word at this point. Well, not at this point, but, but it, it started have those out. Connotations. It has those connotations, and so to me, like I'm, I'm almost fine with like Jen and I being civilly united. Although, admittedly, saying it like that sounds really lofty. Um, right, but you're civilly- like legally civilly united, and then we can call it what we want. You know? Yeah, in, in, in the eyes of the church. Sort yeah. of like how to
1: the government, my name is David Michael Backs. Mm. To the Pope. I'm David Michael Gregory Bax oh. because I have a confirmation name. That's not a legal thing. I don't even, that name Gregory isn't on any legal documents, but it is my confirmation
0: name. I never knew that. Can I start calling you Gregory? I don't think I don't think you're supposed to be called by your uh, confirmation oh. name. That sucks. Um, but you know what? And the, and it's and the frustrating thing is that like there was there was one moment in which. Uh, A moderator at a debate asked Rick Santorum, like, what would you do if if your son, you know, I think all his kids are are young, but like in a few years, if your son said, I'm gay, what would you do? And he says, he's like, well, of course, I would love him just as much as I did before he said it. And part of me is like, that's a good answer. That's the right answer. Where was this guy? (laughs) Like, it's I don't know. It's. And I'm, I, I'm, I, I don't like, I don't necessarily like the stand that he's taking. But if he's going to take it, you don't have to be, you don't have to be a dick about it. I don't know. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's hard to explain. It's, it, it's right. it just bothers me. That's neither here nor there. Okay. So. Is it
1: one more. Uh, does it surprise you? I mean, you aren't a native Missourian like I am, right? But I just, I lived. In Missouri at a time that we went from John Ashcroft as our governor to a fairly progressive Democratic governor in Mel Carnahan. Mm. And uh, now back to, you know, Santorum winning the primary there. I guess it uh, speaks to what type of people
0: vote in primaries, which is more the the base. It's a It's a combination of things. I can't believe I'm about to speak with a certain degree of authority on this. <laughs> All right. First off, it was a non-binding primary, mm-hmm. which means the stakes aren't as high. Two, for whatever reason, because Newt Gingrich's campaign is not very organized, he wasn't on the ballot. So it was between Romney, Santorum, and Paul. People aren't going to vote. Only a certain percentage of people are ever going to vote for Ron Paul.
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: it, so then it became a two-man race. And Missouri, the people that turn out are tend to be the more hardcore right. in primaries, mm-hmm especially one that is non-binding, like it was really just an opportunity to send a message. Mm-hmm. And the message was, we are not totally behind Mitt Romney. And so if, if Gingrich had been on the ballot, I think he, he might've fared better. It might've been a tie between him and Santorum, hmm. but uh, it was more of a referendum on Mitt Romney than it was a, a, a huge embracing of, uh, of Santorum. And then no, in course. the, o- in the overall thing, there've been a lot of negative ads at Romney, a lot of negative ads at Gingrich Again, nobody really takes aim at Paul because he's only going to have his supporters. Santorum, no one's really singling him out that much, and so he's kind of come, come out unscathed because he was under the radar for a long time, and now he's starting—he's he's, he's sort of the Mike Huckabee of, of this uh, election. Don't get me wrong. I like Mike Huckabee a lot more. But, uh, but yeah, so that's—it'll it'll taper off, All
1: I'm right. sure. I know I Missouri hope. has elected other uh, more conservative people since Mel Carnahan, but I just really liked Mel Carnahan.
0: And I didn't know Missouri politics really, except for that awesome documentary. Uh, Can yeah. Mister Smith get to Washington anymore? Which, yes. by the way, turned out to be a hotbed of uh, corruption.
1: Yeah. But you were living in Missouri at the time the Mel Carnahan uh, died, and then was yeah. elected to another term as a dead person.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, okay, we've been talking about politics way too long. I apologize, everybody. All
1: right, let's talk about the politics of the Oscars. Uh, yeah. And well, I, left, you know. left leaning. I'm no. I, what, what I mean, I mean. <laughs> we'll probably get into this a little bit i mean the the stuff that gets nominated gets nominated for some political reasons i think you know uh uh, because of campaigning and stuff like that and like you know i mean no one saw i i I don't know you follow more than i did did people i mean was was damien Bashir a complete
0: dark horse was there i mean he got nominated for a sag award Okay, um, and I don't know what studio put out uh, a better life, but um, I'm sure it was. I in, know. in in lead actor, almost more than any other category, um, every year there's always one where people are like, "Huh, who's this guy?" And it is often either like a character actor who just lucked into a great role, like Richard Jenkins in The Visitor, sure, yeah. or it's just a, or it's just a newcomer, and not not to imply that. Uh, and I'm sorry, I don't totally remember how you say his name, Damien Bashir? I've been saying Damien Bashir, okay. but I don't know. If that's um, right. he's not a newcomer. He's been acting for a long time, but he's mostly a TV actor, right? Like he was on Weeds, and
1: well, he's a a relative newcomer in Hollywood. He's a he's a he's a pretty established star in Mexico, right. Is my understanding. But and yes, so, he was he was on Weeds. I'm told I, I had quit watching by that point.
0: And then uh, from the, so I'm sure his performance is very good. I liked him. What I saw of him on Weeds, uh, Jen watches the show, uh, and. I, I will say if you know if you'll pardon me, I, I do think there is in some cases a political an actual political element to to that because it is a film that deals with illegal immigration and and that is that is a, a topic that is often favored uh, exploration of it, sensitive exploration of it is favored in the Hollywood community. Um, I just mentioned the visitor. Uh, visitor deals with, uh, illegal immigration and being mm-hmm. more sensitive towards, uh, uh, immigrants and such. Um, and so, so it was probably a combination of things like, you know, they love a dark horse or at least they love to nominate a dark horse and then absolutely not give him the award. But well, yeah, uh, I think for a guy like that, the nomination is the, like, that's the recognition. Right. And knowing full well that like, this will probably catapult him into other things now. Yeah. So, it's um, that.
1: I didn't see a better life by the way.
0: I didn't either. Um, I think there's a review up on the. Website yeah, I think there. Jack reviewed it and uh, said it was pretty good.
1: Okay. Um. Well, let's let's. I guess we are into it, but let's get into it. Um, that's actor in a leading role. I mean, uh, do you think there's something to? Um, I I guess I mean only two of the five nominated actors in le- leading actor are American-born. You know, you've got. Yeah. Damien Bashir, who's Mexican, Jean Dujardin, who's French, and Gary Oldman, who's British. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, is that, again, you pay attention more, so it's almost be like I'm interviewing you here for a second. Is that a somewhat more recent trend? I, I feel like I've noticed more over the past few years, maybe even as much as, as 10 years, um,
0: a more uh, cosmopolitan Cool. Uh, it, uh, you know what? And I, I don't actually. Uh, I can't immediately think of that. I mean, frankly, British at this point might as well be American when you're dealing with like a Colin Firth or a Gary Oldman. Although this because is the movie is are his in first. English, yeah, yeah. Uh, and also, there's just that there's the there's there's a history uh, in Hollywood, and certainly when it comes to Oscars, of like well, British, they they just just got it worked out, you know, like they just listen to how they talk. They, they just have life worked out. Yeah. And, uh, and so, I mean, there's always a big uh, embracing of, um, of like Lawrence Olivier and stuff like that. And so, so, and, and don't get me wrong, Gary Oldman is wonderful in Tinker, Taylor, Soldier, Spy. Yeah. Um, but I think for him it's, you know, a combination of a, uh, subdued role uh and he's never been nominated and he's a reliable actor. And now by all means, let's, let's nominate him. But, all right. but yeah, but it should be noted that the two Americans that are nominated, the biggest movie stars in the world, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're going to, that's, they didn't, they yeah. didn't go with Michael Shannon.
1: Yeah. Which is a shame, which well, is a shame. Okay. I want to get your prediction. Who will win? Who should win?
0: I think as far as will, I think it's between George Clooney and Jean Dujardin. Um, and there's going to be, I think there's going to be a lot of support for the artist, but I do think it's probably going to be George Clooney. He's not one lead mm-hmm. before, uh, and that's usually what happens with big stars like Denzel Washington, as though, and even Kevin Spacey, they'll win supporting, and then they'll go on to win lead. And he's been nominated for Michael Clayton and Up in the Air, and I think because he's required to do some things that he doesn't often do in The Descendants, I think he'll win. Uh, as far as should win. Uh, Gary Oldman is pretty amazing. Yeah, he'd be he'd be my vote if I but had a vote here. For me, I I love Brad Pitt and Moneyball. He's not even – it's it's a testament to him. He's not really doing anything that unlike what he's done before. Yeah. But
1: I feel like I'm seeing this you for know, the first time. Today, just today at my day job, uh, I was having a particularly frustrating day, and I was just sitting there. No one would have known that I was angry, but I had the temptation to suddenly stand up and throw my chair across the room, and I was like – oh, Brad Pitt did this pretty well. This is actually a real thing that I do all the time. Like, try not to be angry for so long that it suddenly bursts into into anger. I, you know, I also did it um, yesterday, driving uh, from work to uh, screening of Safe House, and traffic just being awful, and like, I'm just like, I'm not going to make it. And anyone who saw me... Would have seen me pleasantly sing in my car, speaking Spanish out loud, of course, uh, and then suddenly just go, ah, <laughs> and like punch <laughs> the steering wheel because I get, uh, I, I tend to let it build up and then release. I've gotten better at that. I used to do it to the point where it would scare people around mm-hmm. me. Um, I've realized that's unhealthy. Um, oh, good, and uh, I don't really do that anymore. It's good for all of us. Yeah, um, to the point where my uh, like. You know, you've seen me lose my temper. I have. And I have
0: caused you to lose your temper.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh and I you. Um indeed. Uh my my girlfriend who I've whom I've been with for more than 3 years now, she thinks she's seen me lose my temper, but she never actually has because I've become good enough at hiding it uh or not I mean hiding it isn't the right word, dealing with it in a mature way. Repressing it. <laughs> no, no, expressing it rationally okay fair enough that's what i've become better at
0: yeah i like you like to take your you like to just hold it all in and then just let it out in short spurts against like the readers of preacher and that's (laughs) what
1: that's oh my god i was talking (laughs) i I was talking about that very thing um not the name drop but i was on the phone a couple weeks ago with the front of the show dave chen Mm -hmm. and uh talking about what you know the podcast You know, what I get out of it. And there are many things, but that was a little thing. Like, because I have kind of this, you know, the, and this that you hear on the podcast is pretty much me, but it is a slightly tweaked, tweaked tweakedaudio.com version of me um, that is maybe a little more spiteful. And I think I do, I think you were joking, but I do kind of tend to let out, uh, like a spit valve on a trumpet. I tend to just, like, let a little bit of the, of the bile out on the, on the show. (laughs)
0: That's nice.
1: All right. Here's what I've decided we're doing. Okay. Because you've got the who will win and who should win prediction or the who will win predictions. And I don't have that. So I've decided I'm going to dictate what categories to do in what order.
0: Fair enough. So animated feature. Um, okay. Well now I got to run to the, uh, let's see. Well, uh,
1: I have not seen any of these actually. Um, I've seen one of them. Um, I think, uh, chico and rita will be playing here in the next couple weeks um uh i think it's actually playing do you know what country it's from i don't neither do i um so never mind i don't want to say anything but uh i, I think chico and Rita will be here in the next couple weeks but i i missed kung, Fam, kung fu panda too even mm.
0: i liked the original one yeah me too i uh did wasn't interested in seeing puss in
1: boots um uh,
0: I wasn't either. Although, actually, a lot of people that I know who do not like the Shrek films, as I don't, uh, said that it was a nice departure from that, and it's not what you would expect. Mm. Yeah, I'm not going to go rushing off to see it, to be honest with you. But no, uh, did you see Rango? I did. That looks like it might be my cup of tea. I think it would be. It's it's a lot of fun, and it's there's plenty there for uh, for adults, um, and it's and it's just I mean it's Gore Verbinski who does not usually work in animation, and I think he has a very adult sensibility, and he has a love of film, which you be, you'll you be able to tell in a number of things, not the least of which is there's a character who is in many ways meant to evoke Noah Cross from Chinatown, which is not a villain you often see <laughs> show yeah. up in kids' films. <laughs> but um, it's not like... Uh, you know,
1: Robin Williams doing uh Peter Laurie, I guess in in Aladdin, right? It's it's a little bit more specific and more sinister than that. Yeah. Oh, and then there's a and then there's a does he do Peter Laurie in Aladdin? Oh yeah, yeah.
0: I kind of just assumed he did, but I haven't seen that in it's so long. It's a fair while. assumption. Yeah. Uh, he also does uh, William F. Buckley of all people. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and and then there's also a character, a rattlesnake that is designed and just has the Lee van uh, designed to look like and has the Lee van Cleef role. Oh. And so there's a lot for a film lover yeah, to it, enjoy. You're selling it to me. So you should see it. And I think it'll win. And I, and I think it should win having not seen the other four. Okay,
1: well, it should. All right. We're moving on to, uh, film editing. Um, I think, um, you know, I, I've been to, I went to film schools. I like to point out sometimes I've watched a lot of films. Um, I and I with editing, I can tell when a film has been poorly edited. Mm -hmm. Um, With these, and I haven't seen Hugo, you know. Unfortunately, I've seen the other four. Um, They all seem very well edited, and I can make a case for all of them. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, since I tend to, as I've said before, uh, we both said editing is the thing that makes film makes cinema different from the other art forms that Mm -hmm. it is an aggregate of you know it's got obviously writing and acting and photography um and 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 music and you know all, all these all these sorts of things the thing that is unique to cinema is editing yeah so i tend to just sort of root for the film i liked
0: best which out of this crop is the artist um yeah uh my my instinct and there's a lot of cynicism in this. Uh, I think Hugo will win because in the film community, if there's, if there was ever an editor that you could name by name, it would be Scorsese's editor. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think, and there's, there's some support for Hugo and I think it will wind up winning several technical awards. And so I think, I think Hugo will win, um, editing and, I guess I feel like it should uh, these are all I honestly I don't really know what the descendants is doing in there it's not that it's poorly edited but uh Mm -hmm. you know um girl with a dragon tattoo the artist moneyball hugo like these are all I'm sorry to put it this way but usually best editing you could you could say most editing and there's not (laughs) a lot of editing in in the descendants and there's no real challenge to it but I guess there's a flow to it and and why not reward that with a, yeah. with a nomination? But, uh, but yeah, so I, I mean, I would say, like, something like Moneyball, which I feel like that probably should win, but I'd be mm-hmm. fine with Hugo winning. I don't have any problems with it from an editing standpoint.
1: Oh, uh, okay. Um, I have decided we're going to skip the sound ones, because neither of us really knows what that is. That's true. Um, and we're going to talk about visual effects while we're in these things, because, you know why? Because you just mentioned... A thing that you say uh, often, maybe like every year when we do this, that I like, is that uh, in some categories, best equals most.
0: And I'm sorry that I say that all the time. No, but I, it's it's, an,
1: it's pretty much axiomatic. You should mm. say it because it's true. Um, and I think, unfortunately, that is uh, true, you know, more in the visual effects category than maybe anywhere else. Except yeah. Maybe makeup. Because... Um, if you were to ask me what movie had the best visual effects of the year, it's Take Shelter because mm. even though it's not jam packed with them the way that a Harry Potter or a Transformers movie is, there's a, a you know a pretty decent amount of visual effects in, in Take Shelter, and not only are they amazing to look at, um, I mean to the point where there's the um, I won't you know spoil anything. I know a lot of people haven't seen it, but he has you know the general story of the movies he has these apocalyptic hallucinations mm-hmm. um and the one with the uh furniture lifting off the floor yeah like that's even though it's uh, you know we we t- we did years ago one of our earliest episodes probably isn't available anymore was about visual effects um and we talked about how some of the thing with computer generated imagery, some of the how did they do that magic is gone. Yeah. But the part where the furniture comes off the floor is so astoundingly realistic to look at that it brought me back that old that old school idea of like how did they make it? How did they make that look like that? And, and, and so it's again, it's not about most, but as far as best use of visual effects. Mm-hmm. Best use of really well done visual effects. I, I, you know, take shelter. I would give it to. You know, it would walk uh, walk away clean with it. But well, it's, it's almost like Norman, that didn't.
0: Forrest Gump thing. Like Forrest Gump won best visual effects, and I'm sure most people will be like, "What the hell are you talking about?"
2: Right. Cause didn't but notice. there's,
0: yeah, but exactly, but there's, you know, they made a guy's legs disappear, and they, I mean, they did a lot uh, in there, but you don't notice it at all. Although, you know what, I watched. Oh, do you? Did you notice something? No,
1: the, the leg thing is still uh done really well to the point mm. where sometimes it's clear that they're doing the blocking just to show off how well they can do it. Yeah. You know? Um just so if you do stop to think about it, it's like wow. But there's another thing, the the feather at the beginning and the end, you yeah. know? The way it follows the feather. It was a there was a time when I was younger where I had to realize like maybe ten, fifteen years ago, like, oh that's a CG feather. Like mm-hmm. and the camera is timing it and moving it and like that's really amazing. And like you watch it now it's by our more sophisticated standards now, it's pretty clearly a fake feather. <laughs> yeah, and you see when
0: they turn the fake feather into the real feather <laughs> yeah. at his foot. Uh, yeah, and so, um, and so it is unfortunate that visual effects has become just. I mean, look at like, it's almost always an exercise in genre, and it's about like taking us to another world, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's great, mm-hmm. but there is something to be said about visual effects that just make plausible what. Isn't plausible, and that scene in Take Shelter, you're absolutely right. It's it's wonderful, and the and the fact that there's I mean there's attention paid to that, but it just treats it in a very matter of fact way, which makes it all the more frightening that it's happening. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just, but yeah, it's of course that film would never be. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't nominated for the things that it was most likely to be nominated for. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but and yeah. I wanna,
1: I, if you haven't seen it, I didn't, I want to make it clear, I, that wasn't a big spoiler because I, mean, I didn't even go into the more, there's way more details to that scene yeah. and to the other stuff that goes on. That was a, I think it's in the trailer as well. Oh, that, okay.
0: That sequence. Um, yeah. And so it's, I think. So Will and Should? Uh, Will and Shudder are the same one, which is probably Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, anytime oh, there's like see. really good motion capture involving mm-hmm. Andy Serkis, it usually wins.
1: All right. I would go with Harry Potter because it's my favorite of those movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and I only saw two of them, that in Real Steel.
0: I liked the, uh, the effects in Real Steel, by the way. I thought they looked pretty good. Like, I really believed that the people were
1: yeah, actually, inhabiting the same space as I, those robots. I haven't seen the Night at the Museum movies Mm. But I've heard the same thing that Sean Sean Levy did both of those, right? It, is that his name, Sean Levy? Levy, I think, yeah. Um, I, I've heard the same thing about those films that he's that that he's particularly skilled in, you know, making these creations fit
0: into the world. And there's something to be said. I mean, there is something to yeah. be said for that yeah. because, like, if you look at the you know the Transformers films, I mean, they do exist in the same space, but the special effects just take over. And with Real Steel this is our world and they're, and they are a part of it and they blend pretty seamlessly and just, and the level of detail. Like you, like you can tell, like there's little scuffs. They really do seem like, they almost seem like cars that just, they get weather beaten and and all that. They're not all glistening in the sun. Um, there are a lot of aspects to real steel that I like. One of my least favorite aspects though, is that there's not enough of
1: noisy boy, noisy boy as like a, just a, creation just a, a character a robot character yeah. is so cool in like the way that he looks and moves and like, yeah. i love the all the noisy boy stuff and there's not enough of it. they did a very good job i think of
0: of putting us in a world where these things exist mm-hmm. and that there's different designers from different countries and that this is what the style is here and oh he was a big deal back then and you can see why he's very sleek looking and he's got a pretty awesome name yeah. um yeah it's uh I mean, and the the effects in Rise of the Planet of the Apes are... Uh, it, the effects are wonderful, but I do like the effects in Real Steel a lot. Um, God help me. <laughs> all right, moving
1: on to supporting actor. Uh,
0: You're just jumping all over the place.
1: There's actually a pretty... Uh, there's a pattern to it. Oh, okay. Um, uh, now, I've... Uh, I've only seen two of these here. I've only seen Jonah Hill and Nick Nolte. I would go with Jonah Hill. Um, although, did you see Cyrus? No. He's great in that. Mm-hmm. Um, to, uh, great enough. that I, I feel like a lot of people didn't see it, and maybe that's why there was so much surprise. Like, um, Even though there was a lot of talk of him being nominated, the, I remember the day that the nominations came out, a lot of people were like, did you ever think we'd see... Jonah hill oscar nominee and he'd be like if this were the first thing he'd done that showed this kind of range um uh maybe i would be surprised but probably not because i also am the type of person who respects comedic performances and i think right. that his you know his performance in super bad is uh, commendable yeah but because i saw him in cyrus i was uh, a i was prepared going into moneyball and b i was uh, I was more prepared for the idea of him being a respected actor because mm-hmm. he's he's fantastic in Cyrus.
0: Um, yeah, I hear that he's uh, the best uh, the best part of it. Um, yeah, I actually have seen three of them. I did not see Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close, and I've not yet seen Beginners. And of course, Christopher Plummer. If there is any sure thing this year, it's that Christopher Plummer is going to win supporting actor. Um, you know, so. I think
1: I was behind the line uh, behind him in line at Whole Foods like a couple weeks ago. Really, but he. He, he, he was, like, right in front of me, but would never turn to his left far enough for me to be sure that it was him. Man, but I, oh, man. I think I was in line at Whole Foods behind Christopher Plummer.
0: I was talking uh, with with friends last night, actually, about, like, who we would... If, if I was out and about, and I saw them in a social situation, would I actually go and say something to them? Um, and last night, the guy who... I don't remember his name, but the actor who played Richie Aprile on uh, the Sopranos was at this at the restaurant where I was eating and uh, I liked him in that and I've seen him in other things but uh, he's not someone I would approach if I saw Christopher Plummer
1: why am I drawing a blank on his
0: name I know his name I don't remember it at at all Um, but uh, but yeah like if I saw Christopher Plummer out and about I I might say something because I think maybe the first thing I noticed well the first thing I saw him in was uh, Star Trek 6 the undiscovered country in which he plays a Shakespearean spouting uh, villain Uh, he's a Klingon but, uh, and I, I remember loving him in The Insider and thought he did a great job in The Insider. Have Shakespeare? Uh, well, I mean, they, Shakespeare has. That's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, they don't have the Klingon version of Shakespeare. No, it's, I mean, but like, it got yeah, to yeah. them. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's a little short sighted, I think. That's, I mean, not short sighted, but don't you think it's a little narrow that's like, yeah, we're so freaking badass that, uh, as a, as a planet that, uh, but is Every it, other planet has heard about this guy, Shakespeare.
1: But I, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen very much Star Trek of any uh, stripe at all, um, which I'd like to remedy someday. Is it the thing where Shakespeare is as respected – or Shakespeare has a level of respect by Klingons in general that mirrors our own? Or is this guy – It's this guy. So he's just – He's like like some people are like a I'm a francophile and I know you know yeah. uh, all about France. He's maybe just like an earthophile among
0: Klingons, and
1: he's, he's like Kim Jong
0: Il loving movies. There you go. That's okay. the way I look like at it. I, I got it. All right. Um, will win and should win in uh, supporting actor. Will win is Christopher Plummer. For me, should win. This is a really good category. Uh, Kenneth Branagh is, is great in my week with uh. Marilyn, and I loved Nick Nolte in Warrior. Um I mean, there's a couple scenes where... I mean, when I think of Nick Nolte, I think, of course, like this very growly, gruff, intimidating man. But there are scenes where he has to shrink because the situation is so awkward and he hates himself so much. And I do not think of Nick Nolte as the type of guy that shrinks. And he's great. And so... Uh, and, I li- and I like Jonah Hill as well. But I would say probably... Probably Nick Nolte, having not seen Christopher Plummer. I'm sure okay. Christopher Plummer should win. Now, but I think um, he
1: will. We'll move on. Sorry if I'm going to cut you off. But that's I, I We've to But yeah, I also yeah. want to say, the person. if there's one person that I think I would be so excited to see that I adore so much and such a fan of that I wouldn't care if this person thought I was a dork for going up to her, it would probably be Sigourney Weaver because hmm. that's Lieutenant Ripley. and yeah. There's no way I'd be able to not see Lieutenant Ripley staying in front of me. And we'll probably call her Ellen or Lieutenant. Oh my! <laughs> or Ripley. <laughs> okay, well that's a little. That's oh yeah, I was exaggerating. No, I guess I would say Ms. Weaver, Lieutenant Weaver. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I might not be able to uh, contain my excitement if Fair I were, if I were around Sigourney Weaver. Um, let's real quick uh, do uh, art direction. Uh, and this is not, might be one that I'd skip because neither of us know that much about it. Although we have done an episode on art direction, didn't we? Maybe not.
0: No, I think we've been meaning to do one. Oh, for a we, while. we never did one.
1: Um I just wanted to bring it up because last about this time last year, you and I talked about whether or not Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part two would be nominated for Best Picture. In mm-hmm. you know, in uh, in the way that, you know, like Return of the King won, you know, pretty much for the whole series. Right. Does you know, we said, you know, does Deathly Hallows Part two get a Best Picture nomination for the whole series? And we both thought that it would. Um, well, but that was before the, the time, movie had
0: come out. That's the t- at the time I was assuming it would be a better film than it was.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, you say that sheepishly, but I think I think you're right. I, I think it had the, the potential, but I do think um, it does it does deserve maybe a legacy award in that effect for art direction because mm-hmm. you know these sets have been built over ten years and and um, they're they're pretty impressive, you know, and yeah. especially um, seeing. Uh, parts of uh, I, I feel like I don't want to spoil stuff, but you know, there's an attack on Hogwarts and parts of Hogwarts are, are destroyed, and you know, the fact that we've had ten years of getting to know this building, yeah, um, and the way that we feel at seeing it attacked, I think speaks to how. Um, it, in, in involving the art direction was and seeing parts of Hogwarts
0: that we haven't seen in like five films uh-huh. was very exciting for me as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, art direction has always been, uh, one of the better aspects of the Harry Potter series. Uh, I think Hugo will win. Um, because it's, uh, well, n- with the technical awards, it, it, it doesn't quite matter so much who it is, but Dante Ferretti is a, uh, uh, very well respected and it's and i mean the film really does create you know that sense of of place that is supposed to be very similar to our world but also not really um and it does a very good job of that but this is a good this is a strong this is almost always a strong category and unlike uh visual effects and makeup it's not always the most i mean cuz you know midnight in paris is nominated mm-hmm. for just create like Putting us in this, putting us in this time and place, yeah. while without i mean, the script already does a good enough job of saying, "Hey, I'm in this time and place." Like right. they, <laughs> they didn't have to, uh, they didn't have to do it with with the visuals. And uh, and yeah, we sh- we should do that episode on art direction coming yeah. up uh, at some point. We might have already now that I think about uh, it. Along
1: those lines, I uh, would have liked to have seen Tinker, Taylor Soldier Spy nominated in this category. Absolutely. You could, if you didn't know the actors or anything, you could believe that film was made in 1978 or, it's or when does it take place uh, 76 around there
0: um yeah it, in the on the principle on the uh all the president's men principle where it just mm-hmm. creates this this yeah. it creates this place that is very lived in and people just work in and it's supposed to be drab but also have personality yeah so you say hugo will and uh midnight in paris should no i don't think midnight and paris should i think probably i'd, I'd say probably hugo
1: okay uh foreign language film uh you haven't seen any you haven't I've have not
0: seen a single one
1: you will love a separation i know and i think you will really like footnote maybe even more than i did um, uh,
0: that's what i've heard um, and it's it it's unfortunate it's i do want to see it. it it has been a priority but it oddly enough has not been playing in a lot of theaters here which one
1: uh it played no which which movie are you talking about a separation, a separation. yeah
0: uh, it played at the Lemley Theater in Encino, which that theater is getting worse as, far, so as far as people talking and being disrespectful. Oh. And I, I just don't want to. I I don't want to deal with it anymore. Yeah. Especially when it's a movie I, like they already kind of screwed up. We need to talk about Kevin for me, uh, and I just I don't want that to happen with a separation. A- um, and because Jason eakin friend of the show uh went and saw it and said that people were talking all the way through and just yeah. that's a shame yeah
1: um yeah i think you like footnote um i wouldn't i don't recommend in darkness there's a review up on on the website um mm-hmm. of that and there are, yeah i've seen these and reviewed a separation in darkness my review of footnote isn't up yet because it hasn't opened yet i just saw it last week um and then I missed my chance to see Bullhead, um, but I think there will be a review of Bullhead on the website uh soon. And then Monsieur Lazar I haven't even had we haven't had a chance to see it yet. Right. So um I guess I'll take this one, will and should a separation.
0: It's it seems like it's going that way. I think it will win, but you know what? Foreign film tends to confound our expectations. Right. Um <laughs> because in the same way, don't get me wrong. I'm not a huge fan of Amelie, but just because, like, just because uh, it has gotten some critical acclaim and is probably the best known of the five, that is not a guarantee when it comes to the Academy. Like they yeah. went with No Man's Land instead of Amelie, which was a critical and financial success and was nominated in several other categories that Amelie- year. Oh yeah, yeah. No Man's Land is a good movie. Though. I'm sure it's wonderful, but. As when it comes to expectations, I believe I even tweeted this last year. Foreign film, uh-huh. the category that says that takes your expectations and casts them to the wind.
1: Um, all right, so let's let's do both the writing categories real quick. Um, a- adapted screenplay. Uh, what do you think? Let me present both sides of an argument here. Does Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy get any? Uh, respect for having taken such a complex story down to two hours
0: or does it get dinged for how many people had trouble following it? Um, I think there's an argument to be made for it on the, uh, on the precedent. I can't believe I'm doing this on the precedent of, uh, of LA confidential. Like people couldn't follow that story either, but that, and that wasn't, and that one, mm-hmm. uh, and that wasn't, uh, you know, this beloved, uh, source material. But the problem is people also didn't have something to compare it to. They do have the miniseries to compare it to, and there just wasn't – and this this was a surprise nomination, whereas everyone expected The Descendants and Hugo and Moneyball. Um, And uh, and so I think people not being able to follow it and just not having a huge surge of support, uh, I think it probably will not win. Um, I think Moneyball will win it's I think it's between the money ball uh the moneyball and descendants uh the descendants and moneyball um but uh and and it's very likely it's entirely possible that the descendants will win but I, I think it's not that great of a script like I think uh it's not bad but like its use of narration I think is uh a little clunky and i don't know so, it's a lot it, clunky it's a actually. lot clunky and there there are scenes that work almost exclusively because of the actors mm-hmm. and if they had lesser actors i don't think it would have worked and so whereas moneyball and i know that you you're not a huge fan of the film uh, as i am but i think moneyball does a very good job of taking difficult source material making it accessible while also as sorkin often does you know maintaining intelligence yeah and one, uh, but although one of
1: my personal problems with the film we'll get into this in a couple weeks um yeah, is or we'll get into it next week um, is that it, maybe it makes things a little too simple? That's possible,
0: yes. Uh, so you think Moneyball is? I think it. I think it should win personally, mm-hmm. and I think it. I think it will win. I okay. think the idea of Sorkin winning two years in a row uh, is appealing to some people. All right, uh, original and Steven screenplay. Zalian, and he's got a lot of support too. Yeah. Sorry, go on.
1: Original screenplay, another category that I think Take Shelter should have been in and was not. Oh yeah, um, but. This is a bit confounding. This category
0: to me. Yeah, we've got the improvised movie, the silent film, and the foreign film.
1: Yeah, although I mean, uh, a separation is okay. Well, this actually will give us. Uh, let's hope we don't go too long here. But this is something to talk about. Okay. That screenplay doesn't necessarily mean dialogue. Right. Um, which is why I have no problem with the artist being nominated. Not I think at it's all. actually it's a really really good screenplay. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, uh a separation is a very very dialogue heavy movie. It's it's basically people talking and occasionally yelling for 2 hours. And this is why um, I would like it more than you. <laughs> no, I loved it. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't think you you, you might like it. Uh, I think we would like it the same. Okay. Um yeah, I don't I don't have any problem with it. Um but I also think just because it's an incredibly talky movie that's not why I think it um earns its place here. Because I think it also, like the artist, mm-hmm. deserves to be here. Um, uh, or I don't know what it deserves, because maybe there are five better. Uh, I'm sure there are. Um, the Weekend. Uh, no, Weekend. I always want to say The Weekend, mm-hmm. but that's the R&B guy from Canada. Weekend. <laughs> um, uh, the reason The Separation uh, has earned its place here is, again, not because of all the dialogue, but because of how uh, intricately and cleverly plotted it is. And the way that it makes the, those intricate plot mechanisms completely natural, mm-hmm. to the point where, um, while you're watching it, it's just a movie. Where, it's a movie where one thing follows another naturally, and it's only like towards the end, or once you're done, when you realize and like look back and think like, oh, all that had to happen in that order at that time, and the the way the screenplay is structured is really masterful. And I mean, it's got great performances. Uh, But I really think that that screenplay is the key to why A Separation is such a great film.
0: Yeah, there's uh, I mean, there are some notable uh, omissions. Um, And I mean, Take Shelter was snubbed completely, as was a film that I love called uh, Martha, Marcy, May Marlene. And I think that screenplay is great. And that is not necessarily a dialogue heavy script, but it does go back and forth in time. In a way where you don't always know it's doing that, and that mm-hmm. therein lay the essence of the film, yeah. in, in creating this constant paranoia. And it's it is a shame that that was not nominated. And I I, I would have liked it to be, but I'm yeah. fine with Margin it, Call being nominated, which I which I, loved I haven't a lot. seen.
1: Martha Marcy, by the way, a thing that you and I always talk about, and to the point where I should just stop qualifying that we talk about all the time. But that just because a movie is serious or heavy doesn't mean it can't be funny. Mm-hmm. And there are. Oh man. The part where this isn't a spoiler, another you know, that takes place at a cult, another girl comes to the cult, and John Hawke's character's leader of the cult gives these girls different names than they have.
0: But not but they're close to their actual names.
1: Yeah. And I'm yeah. trying to remember what the girl's name is who comes in later. I think it's Sarah, maybe? No. And they say uh, to... uh, What's his what's his name? Dustin? I don't know what the the leader of the cult's name is. I don't um, know why I can't... Let's say it's Dustin. They say, oh, Dustin, have you
0: met Sarah? And he goes,
1: yeah, Sally!
0: Yeah, he just jumps <laughs> right into it. It's a, it's funny, but it's also incredibly evil. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's so... Yeah. Man, that's... A, and, and stuff like that is exactly why Knowing that it can be funny while also being incredibly nefarious. Like, that's what makes that script good. And mm-hmm. understanding the understanding the subtleties of how one can get involved in a, in a cult. And well, we'll talk next week about, we'll talk next. Yes. Why? Indeed indeed we will. You know why I don't like the movie quite as much as you do, but it is a very, very good Mm -hmm. movie. All right. Um, I think midnight in Paris will win. Oh, okay. Even though I think because it's, it's Woody Allen. It's been a while since he's, he's had like a big smash. It's his highest grossing film. I believe, uh, even though I think there are times when it's a little, for lack of a better term, clunky, uh, like, just the characters calling attention to it so often. I mean, don't get me wrong, traveling in time is, uh, shit! <laughs> it's been out for a yeah, while, it's right? it's been out for a while. Okay. And people know now. Okay, fair enough. All right. I'm sorry, I, I just...
1: But it did seem early on... We've talked about it before. Like, it seemed like it was a secret. And I was so glad
0: that I didn't know. I yeah, didn't I didn't know either. I was very excited. But, um... But, yeah, so that's a big deal, traveling in time. But, like, the w- the way that they have... Uh, The way they have Owen Wilson's character, and I think he does a good job too, but uh, the way they have uh, Woody Allen has Owen Wilson's character, like, basically declare the theme, it's just like, what? I don't, like, just because you're a dialogue guy doesn't mean everything has to be said. Yeah. Um, and in terms of characterizations, Rachel McAdams and her parents are big weak spots in the movie. In fact,
1: I, and Owen Wilson... Her parents,
0: yes. I think Rachel McAdams, she, there are moments where you do feel like she actually does have a genuine affection for him. She's not I purely I a harpy.
1: Uh, I, I thought of her as pretty much a harpy. Okay. And I had problems, uh, even though he's the lead, with Owen Wilson's character. This film really comes alive... Well, I... I didn't like Midnight in Paris when I was watching it until Michael Sheen showed up, uh, which is
0: before the first... There's the screenwriting brilliance is <laughs> yeah. him.
1: Yeah, um, and that's before the, the time travel thing. And by that, once I, I got into that, you know, then there's so many colorful characters. You know, uh, what's his name? Corey... Uh, uh, I don't remember. Uh, Stoller, is that... Stoller, Stoller? sounds right. Stoller? And, of course, Tom Hiddleston, who, by the way, I said this on Twitter, but I don't know if I've said it here. There's a lot of talk uh, and uh, well-earned about uh, Michael Fassbender and Jessica Chastain being in a lot of movies this year. Uh, Tom Hiddleston in Midnight in Paris, in Thor, and in War Horse. And I have yet to see Deep Blue Sea because it doesn't open here for a few weeks, but it opens That's that shark movie, right? No, it's it's a different, I think it's called The Deep Blue Sea. It was a British movie that opened there. Uh, but I, you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb and say he's great in that, too. He plays the Mako? Because, yeah, probably. Uh, he... Uh, Tom Hiddleston, this was a great year for him. He was great. Did you you saw two of those? You haven't seen um,
0: War Yeah, Horse. I haven't seen War Horse yet.
1: Uh, he's the best part. He and I'm Benedict sure. Cumberbatch.
0: Um, their segment is the best part Looking of the. Well, Benedict's coming up too uh, with War Horse and Tinker, Taylor. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, Sherlock in general. Um, all right, so let's move on to. Oh, so um, it, if I if I had my my druthers, uh I think I would like Margin Call to win. Okay, I feel like that's a really brilliant fast paced there's a lot, it's very dialogue heavy but it's smart smart dialogue like all your like your your problems with Moneyball, uh, money ball like making things a little too easy uh-huh. margin, ball, uh, margin ball margin ball margin <laughs> ball and money call uh yeah. margin call is not that i mean it it just expects you to keep up and yeah. there every once in a while there's a character who's like tell it to me in english but thankfully it's a character that's not very smart and uh you're okay with that that. Character? uh jeremy irons Oh okay. Man he's it's but we'll talk more about margin call uh, next week.
1: Oh okay. Um by the way, but margin, okay, I didn't see The Stepfather remake. I didn't see Easy A, and I didn't see Margin Call. So Penn Badgley is still just Dan from Gossip Girl to me. Mm. I'd need to see one of those films to get over that hump because when I see When I see the trailer from good in Gossip Girl, Uh, when they remember who his character is and write him correctly, which is the thing that happens with all the characters on Gossip Girl, they can be very good when there's consistency on the part of the writers. Anyway, this isn't the Gossip Girl TV uh, podcast, but um, not yet. uh, Yeah, I need to get over that hump. I need to see one of those movies so I can think of Penn Badgley as an actor. Uh, Because yeah, I see the trailer and I'm like. Uh, oh, that looks good. You know, just to see, you know, Tucci, the I've seen him in a lot of stuff. You know, and it's like, oh, Dan from Gossip Girl.
0: <laughs> he's very good in it. Okay. Uh, he's not given a lot to do, but his character's written pretty well, and he's and he does very well with
1: it. All right, lead actress.
0: Okay, hang on. Um,
1: this is a weak category for me because I've only seen two of the films, and I liked zero of them. But uh, despite not really liking the girl with the dragon tattoo, as we talked about just last week, I think um. Rooney Mara is uh, astounding in that role, I think. Uh, yeah, and I think she should get it. But uh, apparently, uh, I'm understanding that Viola Davis is the
0: favorite here. I think what I think what happened was everyone was saying like it's going to be Streep, it's going to be Williams. Well, Glenn Close hasn't had a chance. I think uh, everyone was just torn, and then uh, Viola Davis shows up, and she's a wonderful actress. Um, you never saw a doubt, did you? No, I never did. She is great she's got like one scene and it's amazing oh, i like that and like that uh scene. and so uh yeah, well, yeah we uh, speaking of one scene we didn't i
1: didn't mention this in supporting actor but um uh since i'm you know proselytizing for take shelter uh ray mckinnon has one scene in take shelter that's right he is
0: great he is great <clears throat> and that's a well-written scene. damn that's a good movie okay we'll talk about it next week um but uh yeah, I think it'll be uh, Viola Davis, and I'm sure she's great in it, I have I have no doubt. Uh, from what I hear, The Help is a so-so movie saved by a really, really good cast doing good work. Um, so I think she probably will win, uh, which surprises me, because I, I would have... If, if Iron Lady were even a little bit better, I would have said this was Streep's year. But it's a good performance in a subpar film, um, and... Uh, same with Michelle Williams. And uh, and so I think people just have a hard time supporting it. And meanwhile, the help made a lot of money. And I'm sure her performance is, is great. And it's it's not necessarily a her turn situation. But I think people recognize, oh, she, this this woman is, this actress is, is here to stay. And so, yeah, I think it'll probably be for her. Okay. David Preval played Richie
1: Aprile. Oh, and I knew that. And
0: I was yeah. thinking of it. It's been on my mind the whole time. I eventually gave in and just had
1: to look it up. Uh, David Prevelle. So, all right, all right, and, and should win? Uh,
0: I'm, I'd say Rooney Mara. I mean, okay. of the ones that I've seen, I haven't seen Albert Knobbs or The Help. Uh, and I think Meryl Streep is very good in The Iron Lady and I think uh, Michelle Williams is very good in My Week with Marilyn. But M- Rooney Mara just takes a very difficult character who could, with a lesser actress, be just a just a collection of things and creates a mm-hmm. And a three-dimensional, fully realized character.
1: All right. Um, cinematography, I... Uh, if you know me, I mean, the Tree of Life is so in my wheelhouse, cinematography-wise. It's just that sort of... That, that sort of... Uh, uh, elegaic uh, presentation that's both... It's both uh, intimate and personal and grand at the same time. Mm-hmm.
0: It's... Without seeming uh, jarring it. in between. That's the yeah, thing. Yeah. Is because uh, I I mean, I've seen films where and I you know what? I even say that uh, I don't think that I don't think the King's speech was nominated for cinematography, but uh, it always kind of bothered me that that it's very grandiose. But then it's like, OK, we can be intimate, too. It's like, yeah, but now it doesn't feel like the same movie, whereas Tree of Life, it all feels equal. And and I think that's. Yeah, I, I I hope it wins mm-hmm. cinematography. It's possible that it won't. I could see Hugo winning. I could see The Artist or Warhorse. Um
1: Yeah, Warhorse and I like Janusz Kamiński, but um this is not my favorite of uh, I get what he was going for. I think it's a little too showy. Yeah. Um uh, and sometimes a little too theatrical. Not that Warhorse is a, you know, a cinema verite, but yeah. it's uh sometimes a little bit too theatrical and the You haven't seen it, right? Mm -hmm. We just talked about that. Yeah, you haven't seen it. Uh, The scene at the very end, people who've seen it will know what I'm talking about. That would work for me in another movie, but it doesn't feel earned. You'll know what i talk about when I I see it, when you see it. Um,
0: It's possible that the artist – I think it's it's very likely that the artist will win because it's favored to win picture and director, and they tend not to – they tend not to give like picture and director to something and then have almost no support for it elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And so I think, uh, I think, and because it's black and white and black and white cinematography is sometimes, uh, not necessarily favored, but people look on it a certain way as they should. It's a difficult thing to pull off.
1: But some people don't understand that it's difficult to pull off and, you know, some, uh, I don't know, some voters might not. Yeah. Um, so who knows? But yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, I, what I based on what I know of cinematography, the artist is a uh, quite a stellar achievement. It's yeah. it's uh, no man who wasn't
0: there, but then what is right?
1: Um, um, and go the dragon too. Also, I mean the ability to create and sustain mood. My only it's you know we talk. There's a lot of talk about whether or not you know would this be the year Andy Serkis was nominated when a motion capture performance get nominated? No, I think um, with cinematography you start to have to ask similar questions about like how much of what's done in post-production is cinematography, yeah. you know, because a, a lot, I mean, a lot of what you're seeing, I think in uh dragon tattoo and a lot of fi- David Fincher's films is, is done in, in color timing a- after the fact. Um, yeah. And I don't think that that takes away from the worth or from the beauty of the images, but it, uh, it, it does call into question the parameters of the category.
0: Well, and it is, I mean, I I think we talked about this last year with a- uh or 2 years ago with Avatar that um you know so much of it was was just conceived in in a computer and people say that like it's a bad thing and it's like well that means that the director and the and his dp needed to have even more discipline like to me some of the best cinematography I've seen in the last few years is from was in Wally you know but of course that would never be nominated because people just don't uh Sooner or later, they're going to have to start thinking in those terms, and I don't think they are yet, and yeah. that's unfortunate. But yes, I think should and will uh, is a uh, tree of life.
1: Okay, the Iron Giant, by the way, also a beautiful animated film. Oh yeah.
0: Um, makeup? Do you even have, have anything to say about it? Uh, yeah, I mean, there. I've. I think. Uh, I think Albert nobs will win, um, because I, I think. I think Harry Potter. I. I maybe they'll do what you were talking about with our direction where, cause it hasn't been nominated every year.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And so they might do a thing where it's like, well, this'll, this'll cover the, the ones that were and the ones that, that were not. And, yeah. uh, but you know, I mean, at the same time,
1: Harry Potter isn't, Harry Potter, the movies, you know, they're not parts of the Caribbean where you've got like Bill Nighy's character and right. stuff like that. Um, if you think about it, there aren't as many characters with extensive makeup as you yeah. would think. And there, there's Obviously, Voldemort. there's Voldemort yeah. and there's um, uh, Flintwick uh, is uh, Warwick Davis' is the, uh goblin professor yeah. and of course i guess there's all the goblins and there's lots of them in this
0: that's true yeah in
1: this film but
0: uh and maybe yeah and maybe that's why this one was was uh, singled out so it's possible that like i could see it going to any of them i think albert Knobbs because it's like the it's that idea of like oh a woman is a man except she doesn't look like a man um so and that that's actually my frustration though i haven't seen the film is that like i mean you you can see what the makeup's going to but the makeup is in the trailer, and it's just like, yeah. okay, I guess if somebody who looked like that like that introduced himself as a man, I guess I'd probably accept it. My girlfriend says that in the movie she looks like what Morgan Spurlock would look like if he shaved. <laughs> 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 um, but actually I, and I tell you, uh, as much as I'm not a huge fan of the Iron Lady, the makeup in it is pretty solid. Uh, especially when you see the pretty bad makeup in J Edgar, old age, subtle old age makeup is hard to pull off, and they do a really good job. I mean, when it, like the the turkey neck thing seems a little bit like a like a little mm-hmm. piece, yeah. But everything else, like they do, it, like with her teeth, like it's just it's a really nice attention to detail, and they pull it off without saying, "Look at us! Look how old we made her look." It's it's actually a pretty subtle job for the most part. And so I would like the iron lady to win. I think Albert knobs will win.
1: Okay. Um, actress in a supporting role. Okay. Hang on a sec. Um, you know, I, I feel like I want to say that traditionally, this is a category where I really ha- end up having a lot of horses in the race. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't hear, I, well, I, I've only seen two of these, um, and I'm not a fan of um, Janet McTeer's very sort of posturing performance in Albert Nobbs, um, which is weird because she
0: was in Tumbleweeds
1: and yeah, she, she was she, yeah yeah very naturalistic. Uh, I didn't care for, but I I really don't like Rodrigo Garcia as a director. Um, what did he do? Uh, he's known for um, oh, what's it called? I think If These Walls Could Talk, mm. but also um, Nine Lives and then uh, Mother and Child was his most recent one before this, which I really hated. Yeah. But Annette Benning is a fantastic enough actress that she's actually really good in Mother and Child. I never saw Nine Lives. I heard it was actually very good. I actually never saw it either. But um, but I, luckily I do love Berenice Bigot's, uh performance in The Artist.
0: Yeah, I've only seen two of these, uh, which was *Bridesmaid*, and, uh, *Bridesmaids*, and *The Artist*. And I'll tell you, uh, the thing that gets me is like, I've not—I haven't seen *The Help*, but Jessica Chastain was nominated for the wrong film. She was great, and here's the thing: I'm not even going to say the one you think I'm going to say. Everyone says like she's amazing in *Tree of Life*, and she is. No, yeah. she is amazing in *Take Shelter*. Like yeah. she, I mean. Michael Shannon's wonderful. He should be nominated first and foremost. I mean, she helps anchor that film. I mean, it is a. F- I, we talked about this when we talked about movies about marriage. Their relationship is what anchors the film. And if she didn't do a good job of making it seem like she's worried, but she's supportive, but she has major doubts, like the film would not have worked.
1: Yeah. I don't think. I mean, I saw Tree of Life first, but I don't think I thought of her as a great actress until I saw. Take Shelter. Because, I mean, I love The Tree of Life. It's one of the best yeah. films of the year, I think. But um, it might even be my number one. You'll find out next week. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, she mostly was cast to be...
0: Angelic. Beatific. And, yeah, uh, yeah. She's she's playing more of a concept than a character. Yeah. which And she does it well, so that's to her credit. But there's a lot more notes to play
1: yeah. um, in, in, in Take Shelter.
0: Um, so... So, yes, I haven't seen The Help and I haven't seen Albert Knobbs. Um So, and I do love Melissa McCarthy and Bridesmaids. I a lot of people get very upset that she was nominated. It's like, ah, she shits in the sink. It's like, she does. Have, did you see Bridesmaids? No, because. Okay. I am so turned off by the idea of a vomit diarrhea scene that I do not want to see it. I don't usually like that either. It's pretty funny, and she's great in the rest of the film. Like, it's unfortunate that 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 overshadows the rest of the film.
1: When I heard that she based her performance on Guy Fieri, (laughs) it did make me want to see the movie.
0: It's it's a good movie all around. I, I like it quite a bit, and but her, I mean, her performance. I'm I'm very glad that the Academy like singled her out and. And it bothers me when people say like, oh, well, it's just this. It's just that. It's like, you know, a good comic supporting performance. When when you get right down to it, how subtle, how nuanced was Kevin Klein in A Fish Called Wanda? You know, mm-hmm. and he and he does like during the uh, sex scene when uh, at the moment of climax, he makes the dumbest face you've ever seen. Like <laughs> he's as broad as he get, but he's mm-hmm. great. And I think Melissa McCarthy does a great job as well. Uh I th- but I think Octavia Spen- just I think Octavia Spencer is going to win because she's won everything else. Uh, but I I really love Bernice Bejo. Like is that th- how you say it. Bernice Bejo 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 sounds right
1: because he's- Bejo would be if she were Spanish. Right, or- right. Damn you, you, Rosetta yeah, Stone, you Rosetta Stone on the, on the brain.
0: <laughs> uh, but in the same way that I was, that I was talking about, take shelter. Like she n- needs to anchor the film just as much as uh, Jean Dujardin does because. She needs to be likable because if she's not likable, much less cute and perky and adorable as she is, um, then we're going to side with him completely and be like, I don't like this newcomer. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like we need to be rooting for both of them mm-hmm. and she makes that possible. I, and I think she does a great job.
1: All right. Um, costume design. Um, uh, I, I like the costumes in Jane Eyre
0: quite a bit. I do. I think that should win. Okay. Because I remember you said something, and you might have been uh, quoting someone else, but I remember you said something to me a long time ago that I loved. You were talking about L.A. Confidential, and I think you were talking about the art direction, and you said the brilliance of the art direction in L.A. Confidential is that they don't just have cars from 1953.
1: Right. Now, uh, to to be clear... um this is me paraphrasing Tom Anderson in the great documentary, Los Angeles Plays Itself. Oh, okay. That's All when right. he talks, and he also cites LA Confidential as okay. an example of that.
0: And that, and I remember ever since you said that, like, yeah, that's, that's that's good thinking. Because, and you never think of it. You think like 1953, okay, we got to get cars from 1953. It's like, okay, well, it's 2012 and my car's from five years ago. You know, people don't just do that. as much. My car's from 17 years ago. I'm going to hang on to this thing until it's a classic. My car from 17 years ago died, unfortunately, and I had to get rid of it. If you think about, okay, how long does it take to be a classic? 25 25 years? Yeah. Eight years, and my
1: 95 Saturn is a classic.
0: I just drove in that thing. Eight years is asking a lot of it, I think. Wait, what was wrong with it when you drove in it? Didn't it make, like, a funny noise when you first started it? Oh, yeah, when
1: you started it up. Because I tend to not use it for days at a time now, because I take public transit. Okay. So it does have a weird, like, yeah, like, It doesn't, like... <laughs> like an old gets, man startled from a <laughs> sleep. <laughs> yeah, it gets shocked into uh, into use. Um, All right. Um, so
0: what, what were we just talking about? Custom oh, design, what will win? Oh, I, f- I think on the principle of most and flashiest, I think Anonymous will win. But I hope... The Jane Eyre wins. And I think it could. I think it's very likely because it's still a period film. But, like, it's just... There's nothing... Fla- there's really nothing flashy about those yeah. costumes. Like, it's very drab, but it probably is much more real. Yeah. yeah. Um, whereas Anonymous, everything about it is just like, look at me! Did you see it? Except for the name. Are you... <laughs> <laughs> Did you see Anonymous or are you going no. based on the... I'm like... going based on everything I've read about it. Or see you've seen plenty of stills. And seen plenty, this yeah. is,
1: I, think, I think costume design is one we can... Have an opinion on about yeah, yeah. seen the film. All right. Let's talk about music. Um, I mean, do you have a, anything to say about original song? I didn't see either of these movies.
0: Well, it, you know, I didn't see... Okay. So, I'm pretty sure that the one from The Muppets is going to win. Uh, I didn't see Rio. So, I'm basing okay. that on just having seen The Muppets. But they nominated the wrong song from The Muppets. Okay. Man or Muppet is a perfectly fine song. Life's a Happy Song is a much better song. Okay. It is... And that's a film filled with great songs. But Life's a Happy Song, not only is it wonderful, but I want to see it performed at the Oscars. And now I won't get to, although they didn't perform the songs last year. Hopefully they they only have two, so maybe they maybe they will this time.
1: Well, here uh, let's move on to original score, which is the very rare thing for a film snob like me. They actually nominated the thing that I think has the single best score of the year, which is Tinker, Taylor, Soldier, Spy. Um, Alberto Iglesias, uh, did that, did that one. Um, and he also did the skin I live in this year. He did, Mm. he did two films, but, um, the music for Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy is, uh, so perfect, um, for the mood and tone of
0: the film. Uh, tone is absolutely right it captures the tone of that perfectly and maybe that's why i had such a hard time falling i'm like stop it damn it music <laughs> stop <laughs> demanding that i keep going um, yeah it's yeah but uh, it's not, a great score uh,
1: yeah if if you are one of the people who doesn't like tinker taylor you probably wouldn't like that score um it's not
0: um i'm not saying that in a frustrated way no
1: I, but I, it's like it's not the kind of score that it's not. I don't want to be me It's not John Williams, yeah. You know, or it's not Hans Zimmer. It doesn't do the big sweeping thing, or it doesn't. It doesn't necessarily tell you how to feel, right. but it informs how you feel. Oh guess, yeah, is what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it. It does what a score. I mean, I'm, I won't dictate what a score should or shouldn't do because, as I said when I talked about the informant, like a score can be whatever we want it to be. It can yeah. tell us. Oh, no. You think this is very serious. It isn't. Um, And some people might have a problem with that. Yeah, sometimes,
1: I mean, Punch Drunk Love has a score that seems to actively clash sometimes (laughs) with what's going on, and I like that. Um, Um, I think uh, foreign films recently, you know, I just saw Footnote last week. It has a very, very ostentatious score. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But, uh, yeah, it doesn't necessarily – a score doesn't necessarily have to be a supporting player.
0: Yeah, and and I feel like uh, the score is there's a lot. You know, I, I I'll say this uh, in my review for Tinker, Taylor, Soldier, Spy, I said that I I didn't like it very much, and that was based on just an initial my initial response. First blush, F- what? First blush. First blush, indeed, absolutely. What? What uh, was your first blush
1: response? That's what and, people say.
0: And so, uh, <laughs> I, sorry, I, I don't I don't know that term, um, but I do now, and I will use it all the time. So But as time has gone on, I, I do keep thinking about it. Um and I didn't really like the first half, and then halfway through there's like three scenes in a row that are just amazing, and then from then on I'm I'm I was really invested. And so the more I think about it, the more I feel like it should have been nominated for more, like we were talking about Art Direction. Mm-hmm. And I uh, and yes, its score is is very, very great and, and does a great job of capturing the tone. However, uh, I'm pretty sure the artist is going to win because almost by default, mm-hmm. silent film, mostly music, even though it does bother, it does borrow during like the most emotional moment of the film It borrows something from vertigo, vertigo. Yeah. and part of me like, I feel like I've heard this before. This is really stirring. <laughs> What's this from? And then it's, and that's the thing is I came home whistling that. Yeah. And so that's unfortunate, but I think it will win and, and I think it should win. It just, uh, it, you know, between that and Tinker Tailor, they're both pretty great. And I, but I think it should win just because I feel like it's more of an achievement, and it's not, it's bombastic when it needs to be, and it's and in its bombast, it's almost commenting on being bombastic. I don't know. I, I liked it a lot. <laughs>
1: um, all right, documentary feature. Uh, you haven't seen any. I've only seen one, which is Pina. And here's the thing: Pina is. It is one of the best documentaries of the year, but this was, for me, a particularly strong year for documentaries. You had Pina, which I think is mm-hmm. great. Uh, we Were Here, the documentary about uh, the San Francisco uh, gay community during the AIDS crisis in the in the 1980s. Um, incredibly powerful, powerful stuff. For me, it would probably come down to, if I had to do best documentary, it would be between Project Nim and the uh,
0: criminally underseen Klitschko. I saw the film buck oh yeah that's, that's a good one too. i thought was great i i really loved it and and i mean i mean you've been talking about very these various documentaries all year long and it surprised me that i didn't see any of them listed here <laughs> except for uh pino which you wrote a, a review for um but yeah uh i think that'll probably win um if for no other reason than you know out of support for them vendors who has never really been hmm. uh who's never really won anything did he not win for Buena Vista Social Club oh shoot you know what I think he did I think that I think win. you're right yeah yeah okay so so even that but goes I hear great things about undefeated undefeated it could they, um. they might try to make up for hoop dreams with undefeated
1: <laughs> and and paradise paradise lost. three obviously has a lot of um, uh yeah you know buzz and attention going in because of how much news there how much that story was in the news this year yeah all right uh, we're closing in on the on the home front here uh directing
0: okay hang on all right
1: uh i mean i um from these uh i guess this we can have a little bit of a discussion that could do with cinematography about what does directing mean i mean if you take it quite literally and if it's in its initial idea then you would look at how uh good and consistent the performances and the actors are that's mm-hmm. the sort of initial thing that directors did it, you know when <clears throat> in the studio days you know uh when you know before the french clued us into the auteur theory uh and then that sort of became uh adopted um Directors were hired to work with the actors, mm. you know, and then you had other people to do to do other stuff, you know. Um, so, I mean, be, based on that, I, I I I'm not sure. I think maybe Michelle is unavicious. Um, but I mean, if you're talking about the auteur theory and the idea that, um, the entirety of the work the feel, and the entirety of the work is uh ultimately in the director's hands it, i think tree of life is the most complete vision
0: yeah uh, uh, just, although
1: i also want to say okay. there's um more to the artist than just uh
0: the, what he gets out of his actors there's, right.
1: a, there's a lot that's done with the aesthetic and technical sides of it anyway
0: yeah i mean you said the word vision and i think uh, i mean we We've talked in the past about uh, visionaries, although apparently it wasn't a very memorable talk. Uh, <laughs> Inside joke. So, um, yeah, I think I've yeah I've actually seen all of these, and that's exciting for me, uh, and usually pretty rare. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think a director is responsible for just the over just everything sort of hanging together. Um, like when you think of of everything working towards a consistent tone that gels with the story performances that do not go against that but feed into it Mm. a like it just it brings all these elements together for one product that just feels complete just one one thing you hear about like you know the sum is, you know, it, it, more than the sum of its parts or less than mm-hmm. the sum of its parts. Mm-hmm. And when you think of like a really great film, you think of like, I can't imagine taking any of those parts away, but I also don't even think in terms of parts. I think in terms of the whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. and in that sense, uh, of course I would say tree of life. Um, cause I feel like that is just a complete product. Um, that it's, I mean, I understand why. That it's up for picture director and cinematography. It's up for three Oscars. It wasn't up for screenplay. It wasn't up for any specific performances or sound. And one could say, well, it it could have been up for those. And and, and I'm okay with have. it not being up for screenplay. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, but uh, but you know, there there are arguments to be made that it could be up for any of those, but somehow by only going picture director and cinematography, somehow to me, that almost cements the status of what the film is, which is just this complete visual thing. Mm-hmm. And there's great performances. I think Brad Pitt's wonderful. In yeah. it, yeah, but, um, and, uh, what's his name? Hunter McCracken, I think is, Hunter is McCracken really is so good. He's really great. Brad
1: Pitt is good. Uh, okay. Brad Pitt's performance and character is a small part of the reason that i uh have decided i don't want to have kids because i'm afraid i'll be like him oh yeah because i can be i guess a little uh i'm not sure what the idea what the word is controlling maybe not um but i get so annoyed <laughs> Uh, the way other people's kids are sometimes, I always think like, oh, well, if I had a kid, it wouldn't. That yeah. kid that kid would behave himself. Exactly. And, like,
0: I, I think I you would forget their people.
1: Yeah, I, I'm, I, I like fear that I would treat a child as, um, uh, like an advertisement for who I am as a person, as opposed to, as opposed to their own person. Right. And that's, um, uh, I went way back to the performance. That's you. That's never said out loud that that's what. Brad Pitt's character is doing. Right. But, um, it's in the performance. You see that it's, it's coming from, he's, he's not thinking of his kids as, as people. He's thinking about how he can, uh, I'm not sure it
0: just extrapolate his own worldview into new people. Well, he's always acutely aware of his own failures Mm -hmm. and, and the way that his life has not been what he wished it could be. Um, but I, I do, I mean, there is redemption in that character. I mean, he does eventually. And I think even as he's doing the things that he does, I think even in the moment, I think he would condemn himself and say like that you, Hey, you know, this isn't right. Mm -hmm. And I, and yeah, it's, So that's, that's neither here nor there is that it's just, it's just this complete thing and it almost cheapens it to break it down into its individual components. And so it's almost like it just arrived fully formed. Um, And so, uh, so I think Terrence Malick should win. um, And, uh, but I think Michael uh, has will win. And, and, and you know what? I'm, I'm fine with that. I I mean, the artist is a, is an achievement and, you know, there's a lot of backlash against it, but it's a very good film. It it didn't really stick with me, but it's I enjoyed it while I was watching it, and you could do a lot worse than that.
1: Stuck with me. You know what else, though, I think uh, Michelle Azanovicius should win for?
0: What's that? Best name. Oh,
1: damn right. <laughs> all right. Now, we're skipping the short subjects because Tyler and I haven't seen them. Right. Um. Although, some of our writers have, and you can find reviews of uh, all three. Where can I find uh, those? Uh, at com. Okay. Um. Except for in the short subject documentary, only four of them were reviewed. Uh, we we didn't get uh, a they link. They didn't give to us it. a fifth one? Yeah, they didn't give us a fifth that's one. That's weird. Um, but that's not uh, our fault, nor is it the uh, publicist's fault. Um, so don't blame us or them for not giving us that fifth movie. I guess someone, someone somewhere is being difficult, I guess. It's um, <laughs> my point of view. Is it me? It seems uh, like you're implying it's me. <laughs> Look, um, you know what? Let's save it for off the podcast. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, so I, we will wrap up then with Best Picture. And what do
0: you think? Well, of these... And I have not seen extremely loud and incredibly close. I'm going to predict that that would not be my selection. And I know that's mean of me, but mm-hmm. uh, come on. Uh, I did not see the help, and I did not see Warhorse. Um, so, but I, I mean, obviously, I just went on a long thing about Tree of Life. So I think Tree of Life should win. Um, of of these, even though, oddly enough, on my personal list of favorites, it is not number one. Yeah, well, we'll talk we'll about, talk about next that week. next week. Yeah. Um, but um, I think that is the best... I think that's probably the best film of the year. Well, as um, far as
1: whether it's not number whether or not it's number one on my list,
0: people just have to tune in next week. Indeed. Uh, and then... Uh, and, but of course, I, I think at this point, the artist uh, will win. It, it's interesting. This year... This year was... Uh, there was a lot of stuff up in the air as far as the Oscars, much like the Republican no, primary. Up in the air was... Two thousand nine. What? Well, well, that's a shame. <laughs> I thought you were going to jump on the shame thing, and we were just going to try and uh, <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> that's fine. No. Oh yeah, shame didn't get nominated for best picture. Imagine that. I know. Uh, well, you haven't seen Warhorse. Warhorse winning would be like uh, if Crash won over
0: Brokeback Mountain. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Or Munich. Or Good Night, and Good Luck. Or Capote. Yeah, all those great films that won, <laughs> all of them won. Let me ask you this: you have to choose best picture, English Patient or Crash.
1: <laughs> I think I would. Would you accuse yourself? I think I would go with English Patient, but that's probably mostly because I was younger when I saw it. Okay. And so my memory of English Patient is still pretty good, but I'll bet if I watched it now, I would because no. I haven't liked. Um. Other Anthony Minghella stuff, with the exception of The Talented Mr. Ripley. Yeah. Um. So. Uh. But I, you know what, I still think, even if I knew that it was not great, I still think I would pick English Patient over Crash.
0: And I, and that's the thing. I like both English Patient and Crash more than most, but you know, still just seemed like wasted opportunities. But uh, yeah. So. It was it was so interesting to follow like the Critics Awards and and that sort of thing because like IMDb has this this chart of the various uh, uh, publications and then Best Picture and then you'll just see like what has won and what uh, and then director and actor and it, and usually year by year you'll see uh, that it's pretty uniform it's like all right best actor last year pretty consistently colin firth uh and then pretty consistently king speech or social network for picture uh and then pretty consistently um uh david fincher for director but um this year man it was all over the place, in every mm-hmm. category. And so I was like, I have no idea what's going to win Best Picture. And then, much like I was talking about with um, well, now I don't remember what it was. No, <laughs> with with uh, Lead Actress, where everyone's like, oh, it's going to be this, it might be this. And then Viola Davis quietly steps in. Uh, people saying like, oh, The Descendants, oh, it might be Hugo, oh, it could be Tree of Life. who could-? And then The Artist comes along, film that is not at all offensive, <laughs> not you know it celebrates hollywood it's just it's everything and it's and it's kind of experimental in a way when you think about it and uh yeah it's it's almost like it shows up and it's like uh excuse me what a, what about me and hollywood's like yo oh, thank god you showed up yes fine <laughs> it it would be like okay i'm going with the uh, republican primary uh, analogy it's like if after all this shit that's been going down Wisconsin Congressman Paul Ryan steps in, and is like, "Hey, look, uh, how about me?" And they're like, "Oh, thank God, yes." Yeah. Which actually, I I would love that at um, this point. <laughs> but uh, I think the artist is.
1: I I think I I
0: definitely like it more than you because I think it's a. And I a don't lovely, mean to disparage it when I say it's not offensive. I don't mean to say like it's right. bland. It's not a bland film by any stretch. I. It's just. Um, I did I did find some uh, every year. I'm always confused by,
1: something's. Inclusion. Um I you know, I didn't I didn't see the help. I you know, reviews were mixed mm-hmm. but it certainly had enough has enough going for it in terms of the kind of stuff Oscar likes plus yeah. you know, uh social issues or whatnot. I, I wasn't that surprised to see that to see that. I
0: was surprised to see Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. It's nominated for two Oscars, Picture and Supporting Actor yeah. for Max von Sydow. I'd say that's more for him than the any performance. It, yeah,
1: it's It's just, it seems weird to me. I was surprised to see it. Um, Well,
0: I mean, okay, so on this, uh, on our ballots that we have printed out here, let's see, extremely loud, incredibly close. What's right under that? Scott Rudin, producer. Uh What are the odds? It's, I think that is a film that there was campaign stuff going on. I mean, it's... Or you my think Academy voters are just scared of Scott Rudin? That's entirely possible. Uh, <laughs> I don't know who produced it, but can you imagine like Scott Rudin producing a film uh, bankrolled by the Weinsteins? Like, <laughs> good Lord, that's like fighting the Empire. Yeah. Like it's... Scott Rudin, by the way,
1: uh, I mean, every, I, I've i liked plenty of the films he's made. He's I, produced. Yeah. I've disliked some. Um, I don't... I've never met him. You hear stories about how... Monstrous, yeah, yeah, he could be. But I was going to smile when I think of him because he looks like friend of the show Frank McGrath. And I know <laughs> you guys, most of you don't know Frank. He's been on the show. He's done, um, you know, helped us out with a lot of the live shows. So if you've been to the live shows, maybe you've met Frank. But uh, Frank looks, looks like Scott Rudin. Now, are you 20. saying
0: this because when Scott Rudin went up to accept the Oscar for uh, No Country for Old Men uh-huh. that he shouted, feel my wrath? <laughs> No
1: it's just um I used to work with with a friend of the show Frank McGrath um on the Paramount lot, and um every single person who works for Paramount is in the online directory mm-hmm. uh, and there's a little picture of them next to it it's usually their badge picture, although with certain people like um you know at the time uh Tom Cruise's production company was there, and he just had the uh publicity shot for his you know i guess he doesn't get a little badge mm-hmm. um but I, I had fun pulling up scott rudin who worked on the paramount lot pulling up scott rudin's picture and frank's picture next to each other <laughs> and saying frank look at this
0: <laughs> <laughs> you look like the biggest asshole in Hollywood. what do you think
1: <laughs> all right um i guess what re- realistically i mean I, we both obviously are huge fans of take shelter um, and maybe that, that could come on here and, and replace one of the lesser films. Um, do you think, I mean, it has a couple of nominations. How, how, how far down the list do you think Tinker Taylor was from being nominated for best picture?
0: I think it was probably in the running. Yeah. Um, but it's just, I think, I think the Academy saw it. I mean, and it's, it's got a couple nominations, but I think people saw it as, as the Gary Oldman show. Mm-hmm. Um, which is odd because, if anything, how that film was not nominated for best ensemble in the Screen Actors Guild. Yeah, that's a, that's a hell of an ensemble, yeah. and so. Um, but I think It'd, people just saw it as somehow an extension of Gary Oldman, and that is a mistake. He is, it's he's great in it. Yeah. It's a, a great character but it's a mistake to view it only in that way but it, it is
1: commendable that he was nominated i know this is the first category we talked about but uh the we'll comfort full circle here because it's the least showy performance i mean it's almost showy in its unshowiness uh yeah. and and oftentimes we com- you know complain about them going big Yeah. you,
0: you know um well that's the thing is Gary Ullman is known until recently for going big. Right. I mean, this is a guy. The thing I always liked uh is like the same guy that played Dracula, yeah. played Sid Vicious. Yeah. And uh Commissioner Gordon. Well, that's not big, but like Yeah.
1: and his character from True Romance.
0: Oh, absolutely. And then he was in a movie called uh and then uh Air Force 1. Oh, uh, which I never saw. Which he's uh he, he's actually pretty good in. But um well, of course he's good in. It. He's Gary Oldman. Yeah. But um And then uh, a movie that I don't like called The Contender in which I don't blame him, but the way they made him up, you know, like all I'm sorry. All the uh, nice liberals in the film have this windswept, rugged quality, Jeff (laughs) Bridges, uh, you know, and um, uh, I think William Peterson Mm -hmm. Um, and then uh, the very noble Joan Allen. And then they have. Uh, Gary Oldman's uh, Republican character Uh whose his character's name is Shelly Shelly Runyon why do I remember that anyway (laughs) but they like they give him like this like curly hair but balding on top and like these just these big owlish glasses and just they just make him look like the most undesirable (laughs) person ever and it's just like and so that's not his fault. His performance is actually very good. Um, and I, I, he is listed as a producer on that film. And has, as time has gone on, he has said – he hasn't disowned the film, but he said, the film that I produced is not the film that's on screen. The film that I produced and was in was a much more fair-minded – he goes, I, I wasn't looking to make a liberal propaganda show. Mm-hmm. And um, and so, like – but his performance is very good. But still, still kind of big, and only when he played serious black of all of all characters and in all franchises, that's when he chooses to go a little smaller. And then Commissioner Gordon, and now with this, I think the Academy has started giving him a second look for not going big when they. I think previously that's what we thought of him as.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, let's. Um, anyway, I, I I just brought up Tinker Tailor and. Take Shelter because a lot of the films that I think are the best films of the year are not, frankly, the type of films that get nominated for Best Picture, but I no. felt like those two are... Um, I mean, along with Tree of Life, th- those two were the ones I was pulling for that I thought kind of had a chance. And I think you could definitely lose a couple of these <laughs> nominees and put Take Shelter and Tigger Taylor up there.
0: I am, sur- I am surprised at the inclusion all around of Tree of Life. I did not expect, even though there's only three uh, mm-hmm. nominations for it. Um, I didn't expect there to be any kind of support for that film because it's just not, even though it's Terrence Malick, it's like, it's not Terrence Malick's war, you know, world war two movie. Like this is just this, I could see them seeing it's saying it's very strange and, and mm-hmm. all of that. So, so I'm, I'm happy about that. I do have a question for you. Okay. This is going to be as long as last week. I- I'm sorry. <laughs> Off the top of your head, has there ever been a documentary nominated for Best Picture?
1: Uh, I, I'm i not the type of person who would know that.
0: I so. feel like I would know because it would be such... Like, there maybe was one, but I don't think there has been. And now I'm starting to wonder, will there ever be? The reason that I thought of that is because you said, like, some of your favorite movies are not the types of movies that get nominated for yeah, Best Picture. And a number of them are documentaries. Exactly. Yeah. And so, like, it, I feel like... I. I mean, there are plenty, no foreign film has ever won Best Picture, but several of of them have been nominated. And, uh, but somehow I feel like documentary is just somehow ghettoized and maybe the Academy feels like they can't even begin to compare the two.
1: Well, I I remember, um, not the Senate came in when you were happening, but, um, Michael Moore campaigned for Fahrenheit, uh, 9-11 to
0: be nominated for Best Picture, um, so and,
1: it's been attempted before. At well, the and, very that, least. and that
0: film made a whole bunch made a whole bunch of money by a documentary, by, by a filmmaker that they had previously honored in mm-hmm. the best documentary category. So there's probably a good chance that it could have been. But even then, I feel like I feel like it's it's almost like they say like No, 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 we're comparing apples here. Don't you bring your orange in? Yeah, I think that's the general attitude, and I think that is a bummer because it would have to be something
1: that's um cinematic and moving. But also, on a very serious topic, like, say, The Fog of War, I could see that have been, being the type that might have gotten nominated. And that did get nominated for documentary, I
0: believe. It won. Year. It won. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, the, the like, one of the biggest tragedies of the Oscars ever was the lack of nomination for Hoop Dreams. It was nominated <laughs> for Best Editing, because they cut down eight years of footage, but... Um, But yeah, it wasn't nominated for documentary, but like if ever there was an argument to be made for like a documentary being nominated for picture, I feel like Hoop Dreams is it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. But, uh, so I don't know. Just once again, we've had episodes about the Oscars and how frustrated we can get with them, but like you talking this year about how many great, some of the best movies of the year, Mm -hmm. certainly better than many of the nominees, uh, nominees, um, are documentaries and it's just frustrating to know that they're not even on the radar as far as Best Picture. Like, they would never... Like, Take Shelter, it's like, yeah, there wasn't. There probably wasn't a big campaign for Picture, and uh, and it didn't have a lot of money, and it didn't make a lot of money, and it's not on the radar. At least it's in the running. These would never be in the running. Would you... Do you know... Has an animated film
1: been nominated for Best Picture since they introduced the animated category?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. What? W- once they... Expanded to 10. Okay. Was Up? Up. Oh, okay. And uh, Toy Story 3.
1: Oh, okay. So, yeah. All right. Um, I forgot why I
0: asked that. But if they had stuck with 5, it's pretty widely accepted that those would not have been nominated right. for picture.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I think uh, are you, you'd... Killed two birds with one stone with both the uh, foreign and anim- animated by giving it to Spirited Away the year that came mm. out, but
0: I don't remember what year that was. Maybe there was something I liked more, but Spirited Away was on two thousand two. That was the year of uh, Gangs in New York and the I- the Hours. I mean, there was good stuff going on. <laughs> um, I'm being uh, sarcastic now. Beauty and the Beast the in ninety one. Beauty and the Beast in ninety one was nominated for picture. Yeah, and that and there's you know such a huge deal. Yeah. And then, uh, but
1: when we did our uh, back at at the end of 2009 we did our best films of the decade spirited away was on my top 10
0: i think it was on mine too yeah now that i think about it maybe big it fans of that film i don't over here. Yeah.
1: all right um if you're big fans of us head over to battleship i have to assume they're not uh, now right <laughs> yeah uh and where you can as always click on donate uh or you can also help us uh and help yourself by going to tweaked audio.com slash pretension and buying yourself or or a loved one, some earbuds, um, that uh, that would be great. We, we, we recommend it. Um, based on what we've heard, like I said, we haven't gotten our samples yet, but
0: uh, I've heard good things, so I'm pretty sure I'm going to... We've heard good things, and if you get tweaked audio earbuds, you're going to hear some good things too, <laughs> yeah. or you're going to hear things good or well. So look, I didn't plan that out.
1: <laughs> Here's the deal. If I get these things in the mail and I hate them, Bruce but we're calling this thing off absolutely, <laughs>
0: but by all I, means still click on those Google ads though if you if you are mildly <laughs> interested
1: no but um, I fully expect to uh, to love these tweaked com uh, earbuds because I had heard great things about the you know well before uh, Bruce uh, contacted us so again tweaked audio com com slash pretension or battleshipension dot com where there's don- a donate button there's also Uh, new reviews of uh, movies and DVDs and Blu-rays going up every week. Uh, You know, each week I only talk about the theatrical reviews that are coming out, uh, and that's going to be true this week, too, because I didn't do the research. But um, you should definitely also be checking regularly for home video releases, especially since, like I said, at the top of the show, uh, we're getting more and more access to that stuff. So there's going to... Lots of great stuff, uh, you know, lots of great advice for how to spend your home video uh, dollar um this week um a little light for us in terms of reviews but there will be a review of Hiramasa Yonobayashi's the secret world of varietti mm-hmm. uh so
0: which is uh, scripted by uh Hayao miyazaki oh, so he right. did not direct it but he did write it
1: well there you go um so so check that out uh email me your writing samples. If you want to be considered as a contributor at David, a battleship uh, Email uh, Tyler, any complaints about his politics at Tyler at Battleship dot com. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at twitter dot com slash the pretension. You can follow Tyler on Twitter at Twitter.com slash more lessons, which is the official Twitter of his other podcast, More Than One Lesson, which you can find at more than one or in on iTunes, and you can find my other show, the weekly television review show previously on, at previously on show dot com or in iTunes. And if you are a listener of previously on, you probably have noticed that there hasn't been uh, an episode in a couple of weeks, and there won't be another one for a couple more weeks. We are, um, well, there was vacation issues, but also Sean and I are, in some ways, very mildly, but in some ways, very majorly retooling the the format of the show. And, uh, you know, right now, our show is a pretty difficult show to listen to if you're not as hardcore a TV geek as Sean and I are, because there's spoilers aplenty. So, um... We're gonna we're gonna try a new thing where there won't really be any spoilers until we get to the final segment. But if you are uh, interested, you can listen to the whole show up until that segment um, and and just skip that. And there and so we're we're working on some things that'll make the show maybe a little shorter and more accessible to uh,
0: the average uh, TV fan. And uh, on more than one lesson, the most recent episode is about the movie Shame, which, you know, what David and I think of that film. Uh, but we talk about it, uh, of course, from a Christian point of view. And and we also go into when, you know, like our stance on nudity and sexuality in film and when it's appropriate, when it isn't and uh, that sort of thing. Um Undoubtedly, I'm sure if any, if, if some Christians were to listen, they would probably disagree with some of our opinions, but that's all right. Um, and then we uh, compare it with uh, the Billy Wilder film, The Lost Weekend. So that's, avail- that's, that's available oh, now. I look
1: forward to listening to that one because so. I always listen to the ones where
0: I've seen both the movies. There you go. So uh,
1: thank you all uh, for listening. Yeah, and we'll, we'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> well, hold on. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> I just forgot how we end the show. I wasn't torn about whether or not I was grateful for you listening. I know it came across like that. Well,
0: I think the question is probably, are they still listening? (laughs) All right. Seriously, thank you for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.